It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember when we were not sure about Nick Lodolo? We were so young and naive because Nick Lodolo is friggin' awesome, man, and we're going to explain just how awesome the should-be opening day starter for 2023 for your Cincinnati Reds is on today's Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our passion for this team and this sport, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to take a look at Nick Lodolo's rookie season. Jeff and I are going to take it all the way back to spring training and look at what our expectations were for the rookie starting pitcher. Uh, We're also going to dig through his actual performance in 2022 and then take a look at how we project him to do in the 2023 baseball season for the Cincinnati Reds. All right, Jeff, I think a good place to start is to go all the way back to the beginning of this season and look at what we were thinking about Nick Lodolo at the time uh, when it looked like he was going to make this rotation and be one of the guys uh, on the team at the beginning of the season. Yeah, because I want to make it clear. We are thinking that Nick Lodolo should be the Reds opening day starter and the de facto ace heading into the season, but his career did not start off with those expectations. And it really, I mean, I mean, Keith law, did a thing that Keith law does. He likes to anger people and make weird predictions that are completely false and wrong. Sorry, Is that, is that noted reds hater Keith law (laughs) you're speaking about? Yes. I think I just got, I just got blocked on Twitter just from saying that. (laughs) And there it is. We're both, we're both blocked. He blocked the show. Yeah, no, he didn't include Nick Lodolo in his top 100 prospects and for uh, reference, he had Jose Barrero on there, and he's had Brandon Williamson on there, and he's had a bunch of other guys that Nick is clearly better than. Well, the interesting part about this was you've got to remember that coming into this season, last season, there were some questions about him, and, and most of it just had to do with health because overall he had pitched fine in his minor league career, but he came in with some health problems, and Keith Law really took that and ran with it and had a lot of people questioning how legitimate Nick Lodola was going to be. Yeah, there was a couple things in 2021 that really limited Nick Lodolo, you know, blisters, one of them pitchers always have yeah. blister problems. It's not, that's not something new and that's not something unique to Nick Lodolo. Pitchers struggle with that from time to time. It happens. Uh, not really worried about that one. Not a big deal. Uh, things can be done to, to, to mitigate that a little bit and and move you along. He did have a shoulder strain also in the 2021 season. So I think that gave everybody a little bit of pause 
because this was a pitcher that didn't have a lot of professional innings under his belt. Now, he did pitch in college, which is what sets him apart from a guy like Hunter Green. He's had more chances to develop his game and, and develop his arsenal and get ready to pitch at the big league level, but he still didn't have a lot of professional in, innings on that arm, and I feel like even if you pitch in college, it's, it's just different pitching in professional baseball. You know, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of things that go along with being a professional major league pitcher, a professional baseball player uh, that you don't have to deal with when you're in college. So, you know, all of those things, I think, tried to get me to kind of temper my expectations, which is weird because at the same time we were doing that, we were all, you know, shouting from the rooftops at the second coming of Cy Young named Hunter Green. So, you know, we had a, we had a, a two extremes going on, I think back in spring training. And, you know, and I think that it was unfair to both of those pitchers and it was unfair to Nick Lodolo that I, I think we didn't, we weren't able to look past this little bit of stuff and really see the talent that was just lying there and wait. Yeah, and I think it's worth looking back at this because at the end of this season, and we'll talk about it here in a few minutes, Nick Lodolo looked every bit the part of an ace for this team. Everybody was suit. I mean, we called him appointment viewing, and he certainly is that, and I cannot wait to watch him pitch next year. But he did not start off that way. There was actually kind of a stacked deck against him with his health questions and things like that. And then you even look at some of the projections. Like I always like Zips and, and what Dan Samborski does over at Fangraphs. He projected Nick Lodolo to have 14 starts, about 56 innings. You know, a very conservative projection, but basically the projection of a guy that you're really not sure when he's going to come up. I don't think that a lot of national pundits, whenever they looked at this team, expected Nick Lodolo to be part of the opening day rotation because of some certain things like that. They kind of thought maybe they would hold him back a little bit or, or, or something like that because, you know, 56 innings, they had his ERA just under four in the projections and his strikeouts per nine of just a little bit over nine. So, you know, just about as many strikeouts as innings pitched, which still is pretty solid for a rookie. But honestly, in this day and age of baseball, the way the pitchers pitch now, that's kind of low when you're looking at strikeouts and it's low compared to what he ended up doing. But it's, it's just worth noting that the projections were conservative, I think. And, and conservative might even be a little bit of a nice way to say it. People weren't expecting much out of Nick Lodolo last season. No, and I think it may, it may be important to remember, too, that when Dan did those projections, the Reds weren't even sure what they were going to do with Nick Lodolo at the time. Uh, they, they, in fact, didn't really commit to him being a starting pitcher for the big league club until the season was underway. Now, they hadn't assigned him. He was traveling with the team. It was pretty clear what was going to go down. Right. But I think if you if you think back and remember at this time, Luis Castillo suffered a setback in spring training and didn't make this rotation right out of the camp. He had some more work to do. I think if Luis has Castillo had been healthy, Nick Lodolo started the season in triple a, which That's just true. boggles my mind thinking about that. When we look at how he progressed over the year, which we'll take a look uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. Yeah. And, and then you even talk about, you know, coming into the season, having rough expectations, but even after getting a couple of starts under his belt at the end of April, he dealt with a lower back strain, which just fed into the narrative. Oh, this guy's injury prone. This isn't going to work. This he's going to be, 
meh. He's not going to be anything that we think he can be so far as amazing that he turned out to be toward the end of the season. The deck was just really stacked against Nick Lodolo. And I think it's worth revisiting. We, we've mentioned this, like our expectation, your expectation, my expectation, pretty much all of Red's country expects him now to really take the reins. And I think most would agree that he's the ace. I think if like you took a poll of Red's country, I think the majority would pick him as the ace for next year, but the, it, it did not start out that way at all. No, it didn't. In fact, when he got that lower back strain, I think you and I were both freaking out for the same yeah. reason because we had seen this so many times with Sonny Gray. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once once somebody gets those back injuries and they reoccur and reoccur and reoccur, it can be career derailing. So for him to get that lower back strain in April, coming off the heels of having just traded Sonny Gray because nobody believed that he could be healthy and be the guy all season long. And, and I know it was a, a salary dump as well, but I mean, one of the things that made Sonny Gray expendable was those reoccurring back injuries that caused him to miss time. And so when that happened to Nick Lodolo right out of the gate, coming off of not a spectacular start, I mean, let's remember right. that he, he was clearly pitching with a lot of nerves when he made his first start with his family in the stands and all those kind of things, it was not, uh, it was not mind boggling that start that came out. So you, you take all those factors and you combine them. And, and even through April, we were all still just kind of looking at this going, eh, well, you know, maybe he could be a fourth or fifth starter. And if he can stay healthy, he might get better. And then he just proceeded to like blow everybody's doors off. And it was fantastic. Just took off like a rocket. And that's where we want to move to next because he overcame that deck that was stacked against him and the odds. And, and he just had a brilliant performance in 2022. No other way to talk about it. And we're going to look at just how brilliant coming up next. But today's podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. And here's why I love Simply Safe it's super customizable. There's not a situation where you have to purchase things that you don't need in order to get certain things that you want. The system integrates well into your home as well. It's easy to self-install. There's no need to have a tech come out and schedule something or have some bulky unit that damages or messes up the, the design of your home. You know, you got your feng shui. You don't want to mess it up and simply safe will not do that. Can, and the greatest thing about this system too, is that it can move with you even after you install it in your home. It's not a thing that you're like, okay, well, we're selling the home and we're selling the security system to take it with you because the elements are easy to remove once you've put them in their place. You can customize the perfect system today for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB and take advantage of that holiday sale that they've got going on with the promo code locked on MLB. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. I'm sorry, no promo code there. It's just the URL simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB and take advantage of that holiday sale. There's no safe like simply safe. 
Coming up tomorrow, it's another live Aloha Friday for the Lockdown Reds podcast. We're going to be going live at 2 p.m. Eastern, and you will get to drive the ship with your comments, your questions, and everything in the YouTube comment section. So make sure that you're following us right here on YouTube and you click that bell to get notified as soon as we go live because we're going to have a lot for you. We're going to kind of recap some of the stuff we've talked about this week. There's been a lot of talk about the 40-man roster, what's going to happen ahead of the rule five draft. There's a pretty easy feeling. If you check out Steve on Twitter at S Offenbaker with two F's, he's got a poll out when it comes to Mike Mustakis and what the reds will do. I think pretty much everybody agrees that the reds are going to hold on to him simply because they don't want to pay him to do nothing. We're going to talk about that and more on tomorrow's live Aloha Friday. You're not going to want to miss it, but Steve, let's take it back here. We are talking about Nick Lodolo and we are into his season. Because we talked about how the deck was stacked against him and how the guy who is now perceived to be the ace of the team should be the opening day starter for 2023 really proved it throughout the year. He did have a couple of rough starts there at the beginning, but my goodness, did he really hunker down and put together an amazing rookie season? He did. And, you know, we talked about it being appointment to, to television to, to watch the Reds game when Ladola was on the mound or for you being lucky enough to just jump in your car and run down to the ballpark. Uh, you know, we and, and even when I was in town, I mean, we made a point to make sure we were there when Ladola was pitching. Uh, it was it was just so much fun to watch him get better every single time out. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, he put up. Uh, by the end of the season, some pretty impressive, impressive numbers, Jeff, uh, in 19 starts, he threw 103 and one thirds innings. Uh, that's put his, excuse me, got tongue tied, uh, his strikeout total. These numbers are just so overwhelming. I can't, I can't even speak, uh, 131 strikeouts to just 39 walks. Now that's a pretty impressive ratio that would be better if you separate out his April through mid May yeah. when he really started to come on strong. I, I mean, it's good for a 2.8, uh, wins above replacement over at baseball reference, uh, which for a rookie starting pitcher, that's phenomenal. Uh, really the only category uh, in his pitching statistics that could be considered a negative is the fact that he led major league baseball in hits, hit batsmen. So he had 19 hit batters. So an additional 19 free passes on top of his 39 based on balls. Yeah, he was the big reason why the Reds set a team record for most hit batsmen in a season that is a bit of a dubious mark. But I almost look at that and I kind of wonder about it because the biggest reason he led the league in hit batsmen was his curveball. His curveball that that's a sweeping curveball, not a twelve to six, more of a more of like a ten to four or you know, looking at the clock and I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, you know, it's more diagonal than it is vertical. And he's able to just drop that on a right-handed hitter's back foot. That's his calling card, the back foot curveball. And he talked about it in one of his later post-game uh, press kind of conference things that he did. And it was something where he was recapping how his season has kind of turned around. And we're going to get into how the end of his season really went. But he features a talk about his curveball in this clip that I want to play that I think is very important to how Nick viewed his season. I think the, the thing that I, I like now that I'm doing is I'm, I feel like I'm limiting free passes where at the beginning of the year um, I was walking a lot of guys, which uh, I was not really not used to doing. Um, 
that's kind of what I, I pride myself on. Like I've said before, is just really just trying to fill up the zone. And uh, now that I, f I feel like I'm really starting to do that, and it's I think the results for it kind of just come with that, just being in the zone more. So, yeah, obviously I'm not happy about it when it hits them. It's 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 honestly in a way though it's almost a competitive pitch for me because I've gotten multiple times this year where it swings and misses and it's hit them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd rather err on that side than like a walk, uh, yeah. give myself still a chance. I love how demoralizing a back foot curveball that hits you in your back foot, but you swung through it anyway, has to feel for an opposing hitter. And I'm glad that it's other guys and not Reds hitters that have to feel that. You know, talking about the the movement of that pitch, uh, I had a, an interesting takeaway when I talked with Chris Welsh uh, for our what was fourth annual end of season conversation. You know, he's always so gracious to come uh, do that with me. And he said, you know, it's his opinion for a major league pitcher to to really have a full arsenal of pitches. They need more than one breaking pitch. Mm -hmm. They need that pitch that you're describing that kind of moves 10 to four. It's that back foot curveball, that back foot, you know, that kind of comes in on that righty. Uh, but he wants to see Nick develop a 12 to six movement on the pitch as well. And I mean, can you imagine being a batter and as much as they struggle with that, that curveball now and they're swinging at it and it's hitting them when they have to take another beat and figure out, okay, is this spinning the way that it's going to break 10 to four, or is it spinning the way that it's going to break 12 and the balls by you already while you're trying to sort all that out in your head. So, you know, I think that that pitch is valuable and uh, I hope that as he gets just a little bit more feel for it in the coming season, that maybe he hits a few let's guys and I'll, I'll talk about what I think's a, a reasonable projection and expectation for that coming up in a few minutes. But uh, I do think that that pitch was devastating. We watched, you know, we sat there down the first baseline and watched him live, just completely make people look like they had never taken a major league at bat before. And it, yeah. I mean, that's, that's impressive when you, you have to remind yourself that, you know, that was like start number 12 of his career that we're sitting there watching him do that to professional hitters that get paid a lot of money to hit that pitch yeah and a lot of it comes with his easy mechanics i mean his mechanics are so repeatable and it's not as if he's got any herky-jerky motion that you're worried about he's going to tear up his elbow trying to throw that curveball he's just it looks so easy for him that's why he's got a lot of comparisons to like randy johnson and guys like that who just seem like they were just kind of swinging their arm a little bit and then all of a sudden right there it's in the glove and the guy already swung and completely missed at it but with his curveball I, I think it's interesting to know because a lot of people want to harp on the hit batsman part of this let's look at something else because on baseball savant they break down just how good that pitch was opponents hitting or trying to hit the curveball had a batting average of 136 that's um, Red's backup catcher level numbers right there. That's better and, than Red's backup catcher level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you consider the fact that, okay, so maybe they got a hit, what were they doing with that hit? They slugged 280 against it, i.e. if they got a hit, more times than not, it was just a single, and it was a 46%. Nicoladolo had a 46% whiff rate on his curveball, which put him at third best in major league baseball. If you look at like guys who had over a hundred plate appearances of throwing this curveball, and his whiff weight was right there around Corbin Burns and Framber Valdez. Those are two names that you'll want to be involved with. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll take that 
you know, all season long. Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll get that all season because we didn't get that all season long. You know, he was learning and he was developing a little bit. And, you know, credit to Derek Johnson and the, the Reds pitching coaches for really helping to get Lodolo moved along quickly. Now, you know, I am absolutely certain that Nick Lodolo put in a ton of work and the coaching oh. staff has said as much. But, you know, it was, I think, it really shows the importance of the Reds having uh, great coaches in place to really help bring along some of this young talent because uh, that job's not going away anytime soon. There's going to be a lot of young talent that's going to need mentoring. But as it moved along, Jeff, Nick Lodolo just got better and better and better. And if you break out his last 10 starts of the season, he went 60 and one-thirds innings, 3.13 ERA for the folks that like that number. 73 strikeouts and only 19 free passes, 19 walks. Opponent batting average, Jeff, back in Reds backup catcher territory. Opposing batting average, 199. Uh, uh, Reds backup catchers wish they bat 199. Um, no, I, I look at this and I say he was a quality start. Actually, he was better than a quality start every fifth day in his rookie year to end his rookie year. That is the kind of just, I mean, you know, let, let's, let's get all geeky for a minute. That's the kind of adaptation to a situation that you would say, is he Borg? Like he just adapted so quickly and now hitters have no idea what to do with them because he's just going to get them out. Well, he clearly surpassed expectations and, and, and that's on us because we set them a little too low. I think yeah. he, he surpassed the expectations by a lot and became the Reds best pitcher late in the year because of the way Lodolo's season ended. I think our expectations for him are through the roof heading into next year uh, coming up. We're going to dive into what those expectations are, at least for us and what we think is reasonable to expect from Nick Lodolo in the 2023 baseball season. We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us there right now, click subscribe, click the bell, because we are going live on Friday. Get that bell clicked. You will get a notification every time we go live, every time we post a new episode, set a premiere. You won't miss any of it. If you're on the audio feeds, click subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any of our audio drops as well. All right, Jeff. Uh, Nick Lodolo's future and the future expectations. I think that we have been recalibrated and I think we have a better handle on what to expect in 2023 than we did uh, what we were trying to expect in 2022. Uh, I'll get the ball rolling here. Uh, and you, you've hinted and well and, and said it a couple times already. We both think Nick Lodolo is going to be the opening day starter. I think that at this stage of the game, he is ahead of Hunter Green. And, you know, that's not to say that one of these days Hunter Green might not take it away from him. Right. But for 2023, Nick Lodolo, opening day starter, uh, I think that he's going to improve in pretty much all of his statistical categories in the 2023 baseball season. For the ERA folks out there, I think he's going to cut his ERJ, ERA down. I project him to be between 3 and 3.25 on the ERA, you know, not sub three quite yet. He's going to need another year or two to get to that into like Luis Castillo territory, but I expect him to be between three and 3.25. I imagine he'll start about 25 games. You know, his arm is still young. Now he does have the college innings on it and he has been stretched out more, but I think they're not going to just try and run him out there 32 times in 2023. I think it'll be tempered just a little bit. Uh, they'll give him a shutdown injury 
like if they have to. Uh, I expect 25 starts out of him, and that's going to be good for about 140 innings pitched. Maybe he goes as high as 150. I don't think they're going to let him go much beyond that. He was probably at 140 if you count his rehab starts this last season. So that's not a, a big jump in innings, but we've talked about this. Major league innings are different than minor league innings and rehab innings. It, it's just different. It's more wear and tear. So I expect him to be in that neighborhood. That hit by pitch statistic. I think that over the course of the offseason, he's going to work on getting just a little bit more control of that pitch. You know, it's he's still going to throw and have it do what he wants it to do, which is to break wildly in on that back foot. Uh, but I think he's going to get a little bit more finesse and feel for it. And I think he'll cut the hit by pitches down from 19. Let's say he cuts that in half. I can accept nine. He can hit nine guys in 2023 and I'll be okay with that. What does all this mean? I think all of these statistical improvements will mean at the end of the season when we look at his value to the team, when we look at his wins above replacement, I see him settling in somewhere between 3 and 3.5 uh, for the baseball reference model of wins above replacement. You know, he was at 2.8, I think, this last season, so I expect a little bit of a jump there uh, for comparison sakes Luis Castillo his entire body of work in the 2022 baseball season was good for 4.1 wins above replacement so there is some room to grow into being ace all-star starting pitcher Nicodolo but I think Nicodolo will make strides in that direction in 2023 you might be interested to know and these are way too early projections and I'm sure that they will change as we get into pitchers and catchers reporting and things like that but Fangraphs, the the uh, the steamer model, not zips. Dan Samborski has not even begun his zips projections for next year. But the steamer model projections for Nick Lodolo for next year are actually more bullish on him than you are. Well, they wow. have him at a three point oh nine ERA. They have him at one hundred and seventy four innings pitched, and they have him at a Fangraphs WAR, which we know is more conservative, at three point seven. Wow. And for reference, he was 1.2 Fangraphs wins above replace F4 for last year. So they expect a gratuitous jump. And we're talking, when I looked at the list of different expectations, they, they had Jacob DeGrom at the top. Nick Lodolo was in the top 15 starting pitchers. They expect, in, in all of Major League Baseball, not in the National League, in all of Major League Baseball, Fangraphs right now, really early projections, expect him to be a top 15 pitcher. You know, those are honestly numbers that I would expect you to come up with. You're always like Mr. Optimism, Mr. Like, we're going right? big. We're taking the over. We're going. You know, that's always, he's got yes. a 2.5 ERA. Yeah. So so I think it's clear that it's not just us that have caught on to this, you know, expectations game. I think everybody around baseball saw what took place in 2022. And everybody believes that Nick Lodolo is the real deal. And I think that, you know, it means the hitters are going to work harder preparing for him. There's going to be some adjustments there. The league will probably uh, work to catch up to him a little bit, but I don't think Nick Lodolo has hit his ceiling. So no. as, as hard as the hitters may try to catch up, I think that Nick Lodolo is going to continue to develop and grow and he's going to stymie these hitters. Uh, you know, if, if those projections come true, if, if that's where he ends up on the year, I'll have zero complaints about Nick Lodolo in the starting rotation. Absolutely not. And Hunter Green will have a hard time keeping up with those kind of numbers because that those are fantastic numbers if that is indeed what he does. And I think that Fangraphs too expects him to come up with that third pitch because I think along the way, 
you know, according to baseball savant, he had four pitches that he threw a lot last year. He threw the fastball, four seam fastball and the curveball a lot more than he did the sinker and the changeup and the sinker and the changeup both kind of got drilled whenever he did throw them. So I wonder if people look at this and they say, okay, he had four pitches. He kind of fell away from two of them. Maybe he works on those two in the off season. And then you really see him just take another step. And, and I don't even know like breakout. It might not even be his breakout. I'm with you. I think that his ceiling is so high. And, and for a guy that had as high a floor that we tried to poo poo coming into last season, as high as his floor was, his ceiling's even higher. And I think that the Reds pitching staff is just so absolutely blessed to have him, to have Hunter Green, and to have Graham Ashcraft leading the way. Because I still believe that Hunter Green can live up to the expectations we were giving him. And I do not think in any way, shape, or form us saying that Nicoladolo being the ace of this team is a slight to Hunter Green. It is 100% us praising the pitcher that Nicoladolo is and will become as early as this season. Those two pitchers and... uh... You know, for for those that weren't around in the early 90s following baseball, I think Lodolo and Green can be to the Reds what Glavin and Maddox were to the Atlanta Braves in the 90s. That one-two punch, you know, that's two aces on a staff. You know, just because you didn't start opening day doesn't make you less of an ace pitcher. And I think those two guys can be that. They can be that one-two punch for a lot of years in the Queen City. Again, people are going to say, oh my gosh, the expectations you put on these guys. But they are talented enough to meet them, Steve. That's why we need to sign them. We need to go all Atlanta Braves and get these guys locked up for a long time. Anyway, I I cannot wait to watch Nick Lodolo pitch in person next season, especially on opening day. It's going to be something special. Absolutely. That's probably a good spot to wrap it up for the day, a little optimism, a little hope, and um, some great pitching conversation, Jeff. Uh, That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we are live for Aloha Friday. That's going down at 2 p.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Hawaii, for those interested. We are going to be talking baseball in general. We'll talk Reds. We'll talk whatever you want to talk about along the way. We'll be taking your questions. We'll be taking your comments. We want to hear from you. So meet us right here on YouTube, 2 p.m. live for a Friday Aloha Friday edition. All right. Uh, Now that you made Locked on Reds your first listen, go make your next listen the Locked on Sports Today podcast. They've got the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Uh, Not as good as my takes of the day, but they're very, very close. Uh, Locked on Sports Today is just like Locked on Reds. It is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jeff. Aloha Friday's coming up. The offseason is going into full swing. Lots of moves need to be made between now and next Tuesday. What can the people expect from me and you along the way? They can expect us to be locked in on every single rumor, every single thought about what the Reds are going to do this offseason. They can expect us to be figuring out some way to celebrate the fact that we are huge Nicoladolo fans, and they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.